0: Section One of the Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume Eleven. Poems by Richard Henry Dana, Sr. 1787 to 1879 Richard Henry Dana the elder although he died less than 20 years ago Belonged to the first generation of American writers. He was born in 1787 in Cambridge four years after Washington Irving He came of a distinguished and scholarly family His father had been minister to Russia during the revolution and afterwards chief justice of Massachusetts Through his mother he was descended from Anne Bradstreet. At the age of ten he went to Newport to live with his maternal grandfather, William Ellery, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and remained until he entered Harvard. The wild, rock-bound coast scenery impressed him deeply, and ever after the sea was one of his ruling passions. Only one familiar with all the moods of the ocean could have written The Buccaneer. After quitting college he studied law, and was admitted to the Boston Bar. Literature, however, proved the stronger attraction, and in 1818 he left his profession to assist in conducting the then newly founded North American Review. The critical papers he contributed to it startled the conservative literary circles by their audacity in defending the new movement in English poetry, and passing lightly by their idol Pope indeed his unpopularity debarred him from succeeding the first editor he withdrew and began the publication of the idle man in numbers modelled on salmagundi and the sketchbook. his contributions consisted of critical papers and his novelettes paul felton tom thornton and edward and mary not finding many readers he discontinued it after the first volume he then contributed for some years To the new york review conducted by william cullen bryant and to the united states review in eighteen twenty seven appeared the buccaneer and other poems in eighteen thirty three the same volume was enlarged and the contributions to the idle man were added under the title poems and prose writings seventeen years later he closed his literary career by publishing the complete edition of his poems and prose writings in two volumes Not having materially added either to his verse or fiction after that time he lived in retirement spending his summers in his seaside home by the rocks and breakers of cape ann and the winters in boston he died in eighteen seventy nine danish literary activity falls within the first third of this century during that period unproductive of great work he ranked among the foremost writers his papers in the north american review as the first original criticism on this side of the atlantic marked an era in our letters he was one of the first to recognize the genius of wordsworth and of coleridge under the influence of the latter he wrote the poem by which he is chiefly known the buccaneer he claimed for it a basis of truth it is in fact a story out of the pirate's own book with the element of the supernatural added to convey the moral lesson his verse is contained in a slender volume it lacks fluency and melody but shows keen perception of nature's beauty especially in her sterner more solemn moods and sympathy with the human heart dana was not so much a poet born with the inevitable gift of song he would otherwise not have become almost silent during the last fifty years of his life as a man of strong intellect who in his youth turned to verse for recreation though best known by his poems he stands out strongest and most original as novelist paul felton his masterpiece in prose is a powerful study of a diseased condition of mind in its searching psychologic analysis it stands quite apart from the more or less flaccid production of its day he indeed could not escape the influence of charles brockton brown whom he greatly admired and he in turn reached out forward to poe and other writers of the analytic school one powerful story of pose indeed seems to have been suggested by dana's work the demon horse in metzengerstein is a superior copy of the specter horse in the buccaneer these stories were not popular in his day they were too remote from ordinary life too gloomy and painful they have no definite locality or nationality their characters have little in common with everyday humanity His prose style, however, is clear, direct, and strong. Even after he ceased to write, he had an important influence on American letters, by the independence of his opinions, his friendships with literary men, chief among whom was Bryant, and his live interest in the younger literature, produced under conditions more favorable and more inspiring than he had known. THE ISLAND FROM THE BUCCANEER the island lies nine leagues away along its solitary shore of craggy rock and sandy bay no sound but ocean's roar save where the bold wild sea bird makes her home her shrill cry coming through the sparkling foam but when the light winds lie at rest and on the glassy heaving sea the black duck with her glossy breast sits swinging silently how beautiful no ripples break the reach and silvery waves go noiseless up the beach. And inland rests the green warm dell. The brook comes tinkling down its side. From out the trees the Sabbath bell rings cheerful far and wide, Mingling its sound with the bleating of the flocks That feed about the vale among the rocks. Nor holy bell nor pastoral bleat In former days within the vale Flapped in the bay the pirate's sheet, Curses were on the gale. Rich goods lay on the sand, and murdered men. Pirate and wrecker kept their revels then. But calm, low voices, words of grace, now slowly fall upon the ear. A quiet look is in each face, subdued with holy fear. Each motion gentle, all is kindly done. Come, listen, how from crime this isle was won. The Doom of Lee from the Buccaneer Who's sitting on that long black ledge which makes so far out in the sea, feeling the kelpweed on its ledge? Poor idle Matthew Lee, so weak and pale, a year and little more, and bravely did he lord it round this shore. And on the shingles now he sits and rolls the pebbles neath his hands. Now walks the beach, then stops by fits and scores the smooth wet sands. Then tries each cliff and cove and jet that bounds the isles then home from many weary rounds they ask him why he wanders so from day to day the uneven strand i wish i wish that i might go but i would go by land and there's no way that i can find i've tried all day and night he seaward looked and sighed it brought the tear to many an eye that once his eye had made to quail Lee, go with us. Our sloop is nigh. Come, help us hoist her sail. He shook. You know the spirit horse I ride. He'll let me on the sea with none beside. He views the ships that come and go, looking so like to living things. Oh, tis a proud and gallant show of bright and broad-spread wings, making it light around them as they keep their course right onward through the unsounded deep and where the far-off sandbars lift their backs in long and narrow line the breakers shout and leap and shift and send the sparkling brine into the air then rush to mimic strife glad creatures of the sea and full of life but not to lee he sits alone no fellowship nor joy for him borne down by woe he makes no moan though tears will sometimes dim that asking eye Oh, how his worn thoughts crave, Not joy again, but rest within the grave. Tonight the charmed numbers told, Twice have I come for thee, it said, Once more, and none shall thee behold, Come, live one, to the dead. So hears his soul, and fears the coming night, Yet sick and weary of the soft calm light. Again he sits within that room, all day he leans on that still board none to bring comfort to his gloom or speak a friendly word weakened with fear lone haunted by remorse poor shattered wretch there waits he that pale horse not long he waits where now are gone peak citadel and tower that stood beautiful while the west sun shone and bathed them in his flood of airy gold sudden darkness fell and down they went peak tower and citadel the darkness like a dome of stone seals up the heavens tis hush as death all but the ocean's dull low moan how hard lee draws his breath he shudders as he feels the working power arouse thee lee up man thee for thine hour tis close at hand for there once more the burning ship wide sheets of flame and shafted fire she showed before twice thus she hither came but now she rolls a naked hulk and throws a wasting light then settling down she goes and where she sank up slowly came the spectre horse from out the sea and there he stands his pale sides flame he'll meet thee shortly lee he treads the waters as a solid floor he's moving on lee waits him at the door they're met i know thou comest for me lee's spirit to the spectre said i know that i must go with thee take me not to the dead it was not i alone that did the deed dreadful the eye of that still spectral steed lee cannot turn there's a force in that fixed eye which holds him fast how still they stand the man and the horse thine hour is almost past oh spare me cries the wretch thou fearful one my time is full i must not go alone i'm weak and faint oh let me stay nay murderer rest nor stay for thee the horse and man are on their way he bears him to the sea hark how the spectre breathes through this still night see from his nostrils steams a deathly light he's on the beach but stops not there he's on the sea that dreadful horse lee flings and writhes in wild despair in vain the spirit course holds him by fearful spell he cannot leap within that horrid light he rides the deep it lights the sea around their track the curling comb the dark steel wave there yet sits lee the spectre's back gone gone and none to save they're seen no more the night has shut them in may heaven have pity on thee man of sin the earth has washed away its stain the sealed up sky is breaking forth Mustering its glorious hosts again, from the far south and north, the climbing moon plays on the rippling sea. O, whither on its waters writeth Lee? End of section one.